Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Lee Cantor here, another episode of GSU ENI Radio here at Georgia State University in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, and I am so excited to be part of this show. The Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute at Georgia State is one of my favorite locations to do this show, and we do it every month here, and this episode is going to be a fun one. We have folks from the Institute for Biomedical Sciences here, and we're going to kick it off with Elizabeth Eichinger. Welcome. Thank you. Elizabeth, what's your role? So I work as the undergraduate program coordinator in the Institute for Biomedical Sciences. I work with all undergraduate students to help them determine whether our program is a good fit for them, uh, what types of classes to take, and what they should be doing to prepare for their future careers. Now, what is the Institute for Biomedical Sciences? Like, what does that entail? So it was founded in 2014 as part of Georgia State's strategic plan, Uh, that recommended enhanced contributions to sciences, health, and medical education. So we have four research centers. Our faculty is awarded roughly $20 million annually in grants. That you get to spend in any way you see. I wish. (laughs) Um, And some of our more prominent work includes research on the flu, Ebola, RVS, inflammation, and recently we secured a lab that's examining STIs, more specifically gonorrhea. So um, a few years ago in fall 2016, after doing research primarily for a couple of years, we went into the educational realm, uh, first offering a master's degree in biomedical enterprise. And then in fall 2017, we followed up with a PhD program. Uh, Lastly, in spring of 2019, we began offering a bachelor's of interdisciplinary studies in biomedical science and enterprise with classes that started this semester. Um, So that's the program that I work with specifically. And if you are a current Georgia State freshman or sophomore, it's not too late to jump in our program. So now it, it, these are people that are going along in, in biology or in the sciences, like how do they get involved in this kind of So there definitely needs to be some aptitude for science in our program. You do have a strong science foundation. We pair it with classes here in the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute, as well as classes about philosophy and ethics, because a lot of improvements in human health are related to ethics, and there are a lot of legal boundaries that one must know about to be successful. And then within the Institute for Biomedical Sciences, we offer coursework that ties together all of these elements to really give our students a foundation in the healthcare ecosystem and all the roles that fit into it. So now when a a student's going, you know, they're coming to GSU, they're a student. And then in their head, they think, Oh, I'm going to be in the sciences. Like at what point should they start talking to you and your team to see the right path for them to go down? Well, they could even start as early when they're not even at Georgia state. I've met with many high school seniors and their parents. Yeah. To talk about whether this could be a good fit for them. Um, We have an appointment-only office. Students are welcome to come by and discuss their goals academically and what they'd like to do after college to see if this would be a good fit. So now what what do those conversations look like typically when they're coming in in high school? Like they don't know anything, right? Like they don't know, like in their head they think they know things, but practically they probably not talk to a lot of people that are actually doing some of this work. Yeah, so a discussion like that would really start with 
what do you think that you want to do when you're right. done with college? Which I know is a big commitment, you know, for a 16 or 17 right. year old. But we kind of work from there and talking about a lot of people do you want to go to medical school and become doctors and open their own practice. But even within itself, that involves a lot of complex business decisions. Where do you put your business? How people pay for healthcare, which is definitely a hot topic right. today. And today it might not it might be different in seven years, right? Exactly. So, you know, also the legal implications, like how do you train your staff and HIPAA? So it's something that to them might look very straightforward, like, oh, this is a science career, but being a doctor who owns their own practice definitely takes into account an interdisciplinary perspective. And then also if you want to be a researcher, that's a, a different animal too. Exactly. So research, you know, you might be tinkering away in the lab and you have success there, but the next step would be to speak to investors and right, commercialize it. Exactly. So, you know, you can't be proficient in just science. Like you have to have presentation skills, communication skills, all of these things that are outside of just this very narrow focus of an academic discipline. And then is that where you come in to help them navigate some of that? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of talk through their goals and where they see themselves. Um, we are very uh, professional development oriented in our programs. Our master's program, which has been around for a few years, um, is very similar to our bachelor's program in terms of its structure. Um, Within those classes, industry professionals are actually coming in to speak to our students to discuss their career paths and how they can chart their own path to pursue a similar career. Um, We also encourage students at the bachelor's level to complete internships. At the master's level, they're required to do so. Mm -hmm. So we try to put them in contact with people who they've identified an interest and a passion to go into these specific fields. And then what does kind of an internship look like in the bachelor's level? Well, at the bachelor's level, you may not be getting into the depth of work that you would as a master's student, but... Um, we anticipate that our students, when they start their internships, you know, they could be doing more intense lab things, but we also, as part of our program, are opening them up to different types of careers outside of just labs or in a doctor's office. So really honing in on also the legal um, careers as they relate to science and also business careers. So, you know, you could be shadowing someone who works in regulatory affairs or a medical science liaison who may not be actively a practitioner in a lab or a doctor's office, but are working more on presenting and understanding legal aspects. So, you know, it could really differ what that day-to-day experience looks like, but the idea is to open up people's eyes to a plethora of careers that can help improve human health. Now, when you're talking to young people and they um, kind of have a vision of how they'd like or how they see themselves at that young age, what percentage kind of follow through and actually go in that same direction they anticipated when they were, you know, freshmen here. Is it, is is there going to be some change kind of built in? Like, you know, you might think, you know, when I'm 18, I want to do this, but I start doing it and I'm start doing the the work and then I maybe kind of deviate a bit. Well, again, a lot of our students come in with the goal of eventually attending medical school. And I am certain that some of them, because they are brilliant, will get there. But the reality is that every year, only 39% of applicants are accepted to medical school. Really? Yes. So a lot of people... That's not usually in the brochure, right? (laughs) No. And, you know, it's not a matter of this is a plan B or a fallback plan, but it's really considering a variety of roles that you could be passionate and excited about, you know, that are outside of just medical school. Or even if you are the person who goes to medical school and loves it and is passionate about it, you know, how does the rest of your career look? You know, are you going to 
you know, work in a hospital, have your own practice? Or are you going to, you know, help develop a medical device that can save lives or improve people's um, day-to-day quality of life? You know, it's not just your initial step that you take out of college, but it's more thinking long-term in terms of future-proofing your career and maybe some of the next steps that you can take. And is that where kind of the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute comes into play, where it gives them maybe an entrepreneurial, at least a a taste of the entrepreneurial lifestyle that maybe they didn't think that was part of their path, but is now, I guess, part of almost every business, business person's path? Yes, I would say so. And I think especially just from the early part of their college career, really cultivating that problem solving mindset of looking for problems that need solutions and understand how to properly vet ideas and bringing them from, Oh, this is a brilliant thought that I had to, Oh, it's actually in front of a patient. So I think that, you know, it really cultivates that mindset of looking at the world through a different lens, one of continuous quality improvement. And when you're looking, talking to potential students coming to GSU, is that kind of, Part of the secret sauce of GSU is that have that kind of entrepreneurial mindset built into the DNA of the university. I mean, I think Georgia State's very dedicated to the success of its graduates, first and foremost. And I think that they are definitely trying to be innovative in how they prepare students and also responsive to what the employers actually want from recent graduates. Um, I have some research with me. Peter Capelli is his name. He is a professor at the Wharton School of Management, and he has done research in regards to um, how employers perceive the skill sets of STEM grads. And while, you know, one would think that they would be more focused on their technical knowledge, it's really the transferable skills, the leadership abilities, the persuasive communication uh, teamwork that they feel that these graduates are lacking. So, you know, by having students take classes through the Entrepreneurship and Innovation Institute, by taking classes related to legal and ethical aspects of biomedical science presenting all these kind of maybe softer skills. Yeah. They don't realize that, you know, we're actually cultivating them to be more marketable. Right. So, and it's a lot of times they think like, look, I'm knowledgeable. I have the information, but some of these other skills are important because that becomes table stakes at some point. Right. It's just the knowledge. When everybody's coming to the table with the same foundation in terms of education, it's like, what is it that makes you unique for opportunities? Right. So now uh, you mentioned uh, entrepreneurs and commercializing ideas, um, and you mentioned a little bit about the faculty. Talk about who you brought with you today. So I brought with me our undergraduate lecturer, Zachary Saylor. He is teaching two classes this semester to our undergraduate students, careers in biomedical science and scientific communication. And welcome, Zachary. Hi, thank you for having me. So now talk about uh, your involvement with uh, the Institute for Biomedical Sciences. Sure. So uh, I was brought on to the Institute uh, just this past summer to start developing courses for the undergraduate curriculum. Uh, And so we've developed two courses for the fall semester, uh, careers in biomedical sciences and scientific communication that we um, just started um, having students in those classes and things are going really well. So we're trying to give students in the careers class an idea of the breadth of careers that can be available to them with a biomedical sciences degree and in scientific communication, we're really trying to hone those soft skills that employers are finding so useful in recent graduates. Now, when you're talking to students, what uh, is there anything um, kind of a managing their expectations element to when you're presenting them with the different options? Is it Are you opening their eyes to things that maybe they hadn't considered before? I think so. I think that's a big part of the careers class. I know in my own um, academic experience, 
there wasn't a lot of um, of knowledge out there about careers that are available to especially undergraduates with a bachelor's degree outside of taking the academic PhD route and outside of the medical going to med school and being a doctor route. Um, and so what so are I, some things, what are some other paths? So there, there's a lot more available than these students realize. Um, so uh, we have the class broken down into three modules that are focusing on sort of big branches of careers that students can take. So we um, have them focusing on academic careers like um, being a professor or a researcher, um, working at something like the CDC, uh, or even being a, a school teacher, so K through 12 education. Mm-hmm. Um, the medical module is focusing on things um, that students already expect, like being a private practice doctor, um, but also on things um, like being a pathologist or um, working in medical devices or medical consulting that they may not have experienced or um, had any exposure to in the past. And then finally, the business and law module, where they're getting exposure to developing scientific entrepreneurial ideas um, and technology transfer, regulatory affairs, those kind of things. So now what brought you to GSU? Uh, so I, I think it's a really interesting program. Uh, the Institute has the, the unique ability to be very flexible and innovative in the way that they develop their curriculum and teach the students. And that was something that really attracted me to the program, the ability to um, really experiment with my own pedagogy and teaching techniques uh, and deliver the best experience that I could to these students. And what drew you as a young person to this career path? Uh, so that was something that I actually sort of, um, you know, we talked about students finding their way in the in their career and using the undergraduate education to maybe manage their expectations and find out what things may or may not work for them. Uh, so as an undergraduate, I was actually pre-med for a long time. Uh, and when I shadowed a private practice doctor, I discovered that that really wasn't a path that I could see myself in. Um, so, so, so of, as a young person in your head, you're like, I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah, exactly. Right? So you're like, and you're like, heads down, I'm going to be a doctor. And these are the classes I take. And this is what I do. Yeah. But and it wasn't it, until you actually shadowed a doctor where you're like, oh, this is what a day in the life of a doctor. Like that was a big eye-opening experience for you? Exactly. And you realize when you do those one-on-one shadowing experiences that maybe that's not the thing for you. Um, But how far along were you? Like if you would have shadowed them at 16, would you have maybe chosen a different career? I think so. I think the earlier that you can get that experience, um, the better off you're going to be. I think your, your interaction with the careers, especially something like doctor or researcher is very limited. Um, to what you're high watching school. on TV. Exactly. So yeah, <laughs> movie, you're, you're not right? seeing what it's really like. You're seeing what sort of it's portrayed as, and that's not a, a real expectation. Accurate. Exactly. So, so now when you, when that happened and you shadowed the doctor and you're like, is this really what it, like, it, were you like, what have I done now where I'm so far in? Like, were you kind of panicked? Like, what was, you, what were you thinking at that time? I was a little, not maybe not panicked, but a little bit like, surprised, right? It, right? It's something I didn't expect. you had been expect. aiming for years at this one thing, and now you're going, maybe this one thing isn't right for me? Exactly. And so you have to just reevaluate what you, what you thought you liked and what you have maybe now discovered that you don't like as much as you thought you did. And uh, I was fortunate to be able to get some undergraduate research experience that led me down the academic path. Right. And you're like, wow, this feels better. This is a better fit for me personally. Yeah, exactly. And then that's what you're trying to help your uh, students with, right? To make those decisions quicker and, and more effectively. 
Yeah, and so the the careers in biomedical sciences class is really focused at the beginning of the curriculum that these students are going to take so that they get a really early exposure to what these career paths are really like. And we're giving them that exposure through speakers who are um, people who are professionals in those careers and can really say, I know this is what you expect this career to be, but right. let me tell you what I actually right. do the, every the, the day. The bad, the ugly, kind exactly. of as quickly exactly. as possible. So you can make an informed decision. Right. And then they still have some time to reevaluate their priorities right. in line of the new data that they've discovered. Now, Elizabeth, does sometimes people are like, I make these kind of, that's a big shift. I mean, you were lucky that there was an opportunity to shift into something that was still in the field, but sometimes do people just say, forget it, I'm out of, you know, the sciences is all together. I mean, does that ever happen or is there kind of science minded? They're staying kind of within those in that lane. I mean, I think a lot of people who have an aptitude for science and are passionate about helping people usually, you know, find a way for that to happen. Um, in the outreach that Zach and I have done to secure speakers for the undergraduate class and also build our network, we hear a very common theme over and over again from these accomplished professionals. And it's, I didn't know my job existed when I was an undergrad, which, you know, they are very successful now. They work in lucrative and rewarding areas, but, you know, the power of information and knowing your options, it's like, how could you have steered things a little bit differently? What aptitudes could you have trained a little bit better? Right. You know, and I mean, these people are not unsuccessful by any means, but it's really just a matter of, you know, someone not feeling like they can't find a spot. It's learning about all the different roles in the healthcare ecosystem because it really is so broad. And, and it changes so rapidly. Yes. And I think that's another thing to note too, is that, you know, as technology really takes over more mundane tasks that we do, it's the human brain power, the add on, the looking at things from different perspectives of entrepreneurship and, you know, understanding legal aspects and business aspects of scientific discovery. It's like you make yourself more valuable when you're already thinking in an interdisciplinary sense. And that, that is the key word, right? Valuable is how to become valuable to the person that's writing your check. Mm -hmm. And then, so the more skills you have in the wider area that makes you, you can land in different areas. I mean, that's also being valuable and happy in your career too, and also being valuable to being a piece of, you know, bringing better quality of life to people through improving human health. So now we also have with us Corey Andrews. Welcome, Corey. Thank you. Now, how do you fit into this puzzle? So my way of coming into this puzzle was a little bit unique. Uh, So I actually interviewed with a professor who is the graduate program coordinator for the chemistry department here at Georgia State back last August. And that was after a time of thinking for me where I was considering going and getting my PhD after doing some PhD interviews. And I wasn't as successful as I thought. And so I started thinking about exactly which, you know, what I wanted to do with my future because I just finished my undergraduate here at Georgia State in neuroscience. And so I interviewed with him and he, I gave him my resume and in, in my resume, I, I had several different experiences in my undergrad uh, working jobs that pertain to business, uh, but loosely. And so uh, he saw that and, you know, he mentioned that uh, his lab specifically had licensed a uh, a test to uh, see if somebody had the flu and how to what extent they had the flu, uh, with a biotech company. And he was interested in, you know, uh, 
pursuing other uh, other goals with other tests that his lab was developing and thought that I had some, uh, yeah, I fit that puzzle in some way. So, so I, that's how I got started with it. So now I want to go back a little further. So you're in high school and you're good at science and math, right? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I, I right? was, I was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so then you're like, okay, I'm going to get a career that touches that in some way. So you pick neuroscience. That's, that point. that's what I did in my undergraduate. And then you were like, I'm going to be a doctor. Or you're going to be a researcher. Re- well, I was thinking about one day I wanted to be a professor. That was professor. At the time okay. what I wanted I'm going to, to be a professor in neuroscience. And you were interested in neuroscience. Right, I was. And then GSU has a great program. So this is a logical place for you. Right. And and like they were saying earlier, you know, there's sort when you're an undergraduate, there's sort of this uh, – your professors compel you to, if you're in an academic institution, to continue going down that academia route. And, and they almost make you feel like that's the, I mean, it's not necessarily, that's because that's their, their well, job. Well, that was their path, too. That's their path. <laughs> but but it's like you guys said, you're, you don't know what is out there as an undergraduate. You don't know what you don't know. Right. And so, and so you're seeing a lot of people who obviously are PhDs because they're teaching you. Exactly. <laughs> so they're PhDs. So then it becomes a logical assumption for you to go, I guess I'll be a PhD and teach other people like me that are right. interested in this, or I'll go down research or something along those lines. Now, at some point when you said, you know what, this isn't going to work out for me. Were you disappointed? Were you freaking out? Or like, what were you, were you like, okay, I'm going to make this pivot. Like, I think I just had to go through a period of time where I really assessed you know, what, what makes me unique, what makes what I am really actually good at. And, you know, and I started to realize just because I am really good at communicating with people, you know, especially about things I'm passionate about, such as science and technology, doesn't necessarily mean that the only thing I can do is be a professor. So that's why I started thinking, you know, there are people in the business realm who have, you know, who aren't, educated with science, they chose to go down, you know, the, the business route. And so having somebody who can be a liaison for that is, is becomes increasingly more important as science becomes increasingly more complex. So, right. And then as Elizabeth said, it becomes more valuable, right? Because right? Exactly. now you have this unique set of skills that maybe people don't have because you have this kind of neuroscience background and the medical background. Right. And then now for you, was this like an aha moment where you're like, wow, this does make now I've separated myself from a lot of people by going down this path. I I suppose I'm, I it's hard to say because the story isn't over for me, you know. Uh, but I I feel though that over the past year where I've been really getting a, the a opportunity to hone on my skills in terms of you know being able to uh, do a business pitch or being able to write a business plan or you know. Uh, you know, just uh, getting to talk with investors, you know, different, you know, different things that you don't normally get to do if you're just doing it for a class assignment or, you know, for school, you know, it, it really does. I I've been reflecting a lot about it lately and it really does feel, you know, like I've, I've gaining, gaining skills that, you know, I wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to get otherwise. So it's exciting. I, I, I really am excited about it. Well, I think that's a, it's a wonderful example of, you're going down, this is business is pivoting. You know, you have to, when you get new information, you have to make changes. So you got new information. Now you're making changes and pivoted, but you're still using basically the same stuff you knew, but you're just kind of reframing it in a slightly different manner 
that makes you more valuable to this. Now you're with an organization or you're starting an organization called Safe Strip where they're able to take your skills and plug it into this puzzle to help them achieve their goal of tell us a little bit about safe strip. Okay. So, uh, it's, it's super fascinating. So, um, the, the way that glucose meters work is, uh, essentially you take a, a sample of blood and you put it on a test strip and, uh, the test strip, uh, responds in an electrochemical fashion and, and, and creates a current that can be read on a certain like get provides some sort of magnitude of current uh, on the glucose meter. So if you, so it can correspond to whether you have a high level of, of blood glucose concentration or low uh, blood. Uh, and who cares about that? Right. So, so, so diabetics, the, so the, so diabetics typically use those glucose meters, but right. what our labs uh, been able to accomplish is essentially creating a probe that can uh, repurpose uh, the glucose meters to read other biomarkers that are implicated in illnesses, diseases, medical conditions, what have you. So beyond diabetics, beyond diabetics. Right. And, and then, so where's the opportunity for that? So the opportunities for that uh, include being able to uh, provide uh fast and simple diagnostic uh, uh, devices for people that may live in areas that are dead zones and don't have a lot of medical coverage or, or even third world countries. Uh, it, it's just, there's a lot of uh, diagnostic tools out there that are, uh, that are complex and expensive. And so, and so uh, being able to um, provide that sort of information in today's day and age at a, at a way that you can go to a, a, CVS and buy a glucose meter for $10, $20 and be able to see exactly where you stand. And, and, you know, other, and some of our different tests, uh, you know, that that's an amazing opportunity. And that can benefit people all over the world. Exactly. Cause it's affordable and it's easy. Exactly. And then, so your unique skills help can make this company go. I, I believe so. So now that's a big departure from where you started as I'm going to be a professor, right? That's very much true. (laughs) A professor, I mean, you would impact, you know, however many students you have, but this could change, you know, a whole third world country. That's, that's very true. And, and, you know, I don't think that necessarily means that any of my aspirations from before aren't, I feel like as you go through life, you go through, you know, different, uh, you know, phases of, of what you're doing at that point in time. And I think, you know, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a teacher to teach. And, and so, you know, you can, you get those opportunities through, you know, being, you know, maybe just telling you on the air, like how a glucose meter works. And, you know, it's, it's the exact same thing that I really enjoy doing, right. but in this case, I get to do it in a way that like helps other people and, 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 you know, it's, and it's honestly pretty exciting. Now for you as an individual, you thought maybe you'd go down this academic path and now you're working with launch GSU, the yes. startup incubator. Yes. Now uh, you might not have anticipated that when you started at GSU. N- not really. <laughs> you know, right? actually I'd heard about launch GSU, uh, from somebody, uh, they was just telling me about, cause you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, uh, news about us being the number two innovation school right. in the country, you know, there, that was one of the things that was cited. Um, and, um, and I really got to see, exactly you know why that's the case because launch gsu is is probably one of the best kept secrets here on campus in my opinion so now any advice for students that are starting out at bachelors and they you know they think they know 
where they want to go and how they want the story to end. Any advice for them to say, you know, maybe you can broaden your horizons or think about things a little differently and maybe get information that, cause you, just cause you're, when you started out, you think this is going to, you know, get a degree in this and it's going to lead to that. You got to be open to different things and opportunities because you don't know how the story's going to end, like you said. Well, I guess what I would say to an undergraduate just starting out is is to listen to your skills and listen to your strengths. You know that that's something I don't know if enough people tell uh, you know young people nowadays, but you know it, it's it's super important because you know you can spend all of your time you know trying to like say you're you're somewhat skilled at something you can spend all your time sort of crafting that skill and becoming a master at it but i think everybody's endowed with you know something that they're just naturally you know pretty good at and so uh you know for me i'm i'm really good at you know being able to communicate ideas and you know and just uh, form relationships with people uh you know I'm, I know for a fact that I'm not the most organized person in the world. So I also, you know, my, that's where my weaknesses come in. And so, you know, maybe something like, you know, uh, managing, you know, uh, an office isn't for me. And, you know, that's just an example, but, you know, it's just, you have to, you have to be considerate about those things because ultimately, you know, you want to be, you want to be a key asset to whatever business or company that you're a part of. So. So now um, that level of self-awareness is important, right? To kind of assess your own strengths and weaknesses. And then you find you're better served kind of uh, nurturing those strengths and kind of leaning into those strengths to kind of wring out the most out of that. Yes. And then now for SafeStrip, what's next for, for your team? So we're still in the process of doing uh, customer discovery. You know, at, through Launch GSU, I, I had an instructor uh, in their startup semester class. His name is Ricky Hunter, amazing fellow. Uh, and one of the things he uh, he told us is, you know, you could spend, you know, all of your your assets and money and, and everything on, you know, all the stuff you think you need to run a startup, like, you know, an, an office or, you know, uh, a car or, or trips or whatever. But, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, the, the uh, cost of being able to do uh, customer discovery and learn, you know, you know, uh, is this needed? Uh, what, you know, and who needs it? And, and, uh, you know, those important questions that it takes to start up a business, uh, you know, that's, if you get that stuff done ahead of time, then, you know, it, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's valuable uh, and you, it'll help you out uh, going forward. And so, so really we're just, we're focusing on that aspect right now. You know, we're looking at, uh, you know, trying to uh, integrate uh, other new cutting edge technologies into the equation of being able to read these biomarkers. Uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot going on and, and you know, we're just, uh, hope it, it's one of those things where if you're trying to launch a, a, a biomedical startup with all the things that to be considered such as FDA approval and, 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 uh, certain, uh, aspects like clinical trials that it, it, it's a, it's a long process. If you, if you're putting yourself into that situation, you have to be aware that you're going to be in it for the long haul. Now, uh, personally, how has kind of this, um, startup world been for you have you enjoyed being immersed in this creating something from nothing it's different i mean it's different than what you've been doing previously it's it's amazing because you you know one of the things you learn is that you're telling a story you know and 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 that's always a you know a 
it's an art. You have to learn how to uh, craft your story in a way that, you know, people are receptive to it. And, you know, and I've, and I guess I, what was interesting, I, I participated in the Thai uh, Atlanta um, startup uh, pitch startup competition for, for the university level uh, last April. I actually did the uh, the preliminary round in February and then the final round in April. And we were the only team from Georgia State to move on to that final round. And it, it was amazing because not even just for myself, I'm like, you know, monitoring my own personal growth. But there was actually two teams that I got to see do their pitch in the preliminary and the final round. And and they really, you know, took what the judges said and 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 learned how to craft their story even better in a way that, you know, help them become more successful, uh, you know, uh, startup, uh, entrepreneurs. So, so yeah, it's, it's, I, I like the startup world. It's, it's, it's nice. It's, it's, it's exciting to see people grow. And now what about the Institute for biomedical sciences here at GSU? Have they been helpful? So, you know, it's, it's interesting because I actually, so the way this all happened is that I, I sort of learned about them once I was in the process of doing this and, and, uh, and, and I thought, wow, that's really cool. And so I actually, this semester, um, even though it's not a part of my curriculum, uh, I, I have these credits that I can use to like go towards my curriculum. And so one of the classes I'm taking right now is their, uh, their business translational, uh, master's level class. Uh, and so, uh, and I'm, and I'm actually learning a lot in that class so far too. So that's, so I've actually integrated some of theirs into my own chemistry curriculum, which is one of the cool things about going to Georgia state. <laughs> so now Elizabeth, that's a great example about this interdisciplinary kind of aspect of this world, right. To be able to kind of go across these different, um, skills and to be able to leverage your skills in all these different ways to open up opportunity that, it didn't even occur. That's. that's a good oh, I agree. And the class that Corey mentioned, it very closely models the class that Zach teaches their careers in biomedical sciences, right. except our masters and PhD students are taking it. So again, I'm sure Corey, you're getting to meet all kinds of industry professionals that your paths might not have crossed if you hadn't looked at more of an interdisciplinary approach to your education. And that's where serendipity can happen. And that's where these mashups happen. And people take an idea that is kind of works in one area and then combines it in a different way somewhere else. And that's where discoveries come from. So, I mean, it's a, it's a great philosophy that makes a lot of sense. And it, and it must be rewarding to see some of it kind of coming to fruition where you're getting a startup and a commercializing. And that's exactly what you're trying to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. So now, Corey, if somebody wants to learn about um, SafeStrip, what's, is it? Is there a way to find out about it yet? Or there's actually so we have a, a website. It's one of the Create GSU uh, websites. It, it's uh, Create GSU. Uh, make sure I'm saying it exactly it's right. It's the uh, S I R. So S I Y E R dot GSU Create dot org. You can go on there and you can see uh, you can see all the publications that our lab has come out with. There's uh, some details about Dr. Iyer who. You know, who's been here at Georgia State since 2011, came full-time professor at uh, 2016. And, you know, he's uh, with the Center for uh, uh, Therapeutics and Diagnostics. And so uh, so it just has a bunch of information that people can can learn about exactly how this this uh, mechanism works and, you know, and exactly, you know, what we're doing currently and what we plan to do. So Good stuff. And Zach, for you to see uh, somebody like Corey kind of do this, that that's kind of speaking to your work as well, right? It is. It's, <clears throat> excuse me. It's really exciting. Um, cause Corey, you mentioned that 
some of the things that really drove your um, sort of what, what made you personally enjoy the startup world was seeing people grow and, and watching people learn and things like that. And that really mirrors some of the things that I enjoy about being a lecturer, about being a teacher. And so I think that you can kind of throw that back to um, getting exposure to a couple of different careers early on um, and then playing to your strengths. So you may find that you're really good at communicating and you like to see people learn, um, but there might be things about being a lecturer that don't appeal to you and you can transfer those skills to another career that if you didn't have exposure early on through a course like we're offering, um, you may not have even known about. And the, then those those skills may have sort of fallen by the wayside if you don't know what to do with them. So I'm happy to see that you've found a, a niche for your unique skill set that really plays to your strengths and is personally fulfilling. That's exactly the kind of thing I'm, I'm hoping for all of my students. Thank you. And then Elizabeth, if somebody wanted to learn more about the Institute for Biomedical Science? Uh, they can visit our website at biomedical.gsu.edu or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook, GSU IBMS. And then you're open to talking to students as young as high school to... Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I've met, like I said, with many high school students and their parents and just kind of helping them determine whether this is a good fit for them. It's really all about like understanding how you fit into the healthcare ecosystem, not necessarily that we have a degree for you. Right. And that's the beauty of this. Good stuff. Well, thank you all for sharing your story today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on GSU ENI Radio.